Hello, I'm David Newell, better known as Mr. McFeely on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. Speedy delivery. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 102 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak, your host, and this week we have a show that uh, I, I just can't tell you what a great guest we have. Uh, David Newell, who played Mr. McFeely on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood for years and decades, is going to be our guest. Now, uh, of course, like I say, we always uh, take your suggestions for guests, and David Newell is one of those people who somebody or actually a couple of people have requested. And we contacted David, got in touch with him, and we are now having him as a guest. So sit back. You're going to hear some great stories about Fred Rogers, uh, a very special day that's coming up, which is actually Fred Rogers' birthday on March 20th. And uh, it's Won't You Be My Neighbor Day. And David's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about uh, the show. He's going to talk about a lot of things. And it's coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And let's see, Facebook. We are on Facebook. And I want to remind you that if you are a member of Facebook, that uh, on our first front web page there, right on the front, we have a link that you can click. You can go to uh, our Facebook page. You can become a fan. You can leave a message on our wall, or you can go and join in artists on our discussion page. So there's a lot of things you can do there, and uh, we appreciate it when uh, people become fans on our our Facebook page. And of course, we uh, hope you keep coming back to onscreenandbeyond.com and check out what's going on here. Check out our reviews and and all the other things we have, and we appreciate that. And let's see, I also want to remind you that in a few weeks, we're going to be heading out to California to the California Independent Film Festival in Orinda, California. That's in April. I'll give you a little more information as that approaches. On Screen and Beyond is going to be there, and uh, we're going to be going around and you'll you'll see me you'll i got my little on screen to be on shirt on and you'll see it and if you do if you do see me say hi because i'd appreciate that and let's see coming up in a few minutes like i said mr mcfeely of mr rogers neighborhood david newell is going to be joining us but first let's find out uh, what's coming your way as far as remakes right here on on screen and beyond please hang up and try again all right, let's see. As far as remakes, 1985's horror comedy Fright Night, which starred Roddy McDowell, is headed for a remake. And 1989's Pet Cemetery from Stephen King's book is headed for a remake also. And it tells, of course, the story of people burying dead animals and people, in some cases, in a sacred burial ground. And they come back to life. So if you haven't seen the original... Take a look at that one, but they are planning to make a remake of it. And Disney's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is rumored to be headed for a remake also. The original was also a 1989 film, and it starred Rick Moranis. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies, rumored and otherwise, right here on On Screen and Beyond. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, it looks like upcoming movies is going to be a comedy called The Big Year, and it will start filming in May, and it stars Dustin Hoffman, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson, and the film tells the story of a group of fanatical bird watchers. Sounds like a funny one. And it looks like Clint Eastwood will direct a biopic about FBI founder and director J. Edgar Hoover, and the film will be written by Dustin Lance Black, who wrote Milk. And finally... Warner Brothers is working on an action-adventure film about Leonardo da Vinci. Not DiCaprio, da Vinci. <laughs> it was kind of kind of sounded funny, you know, with Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, but um, it, it's a story about um, he being a member of a secret society and involves lost civilizations and secret codes. And actually, it sounds pretty good. So we'll see what comes about that. So uh, that's about it for upcoming movies. Next, taking you down to Sequel City right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequels. It looks like Robert De Niro will star in a sequel to Midnight Run in which he plays a bounty hunter, of course. Uh, No word who will be his uh, uh, partner or person he's after, but uh, we'll keep you informed on that. And the Alien prequel we talked about before will be shot in 3D. Hmm. Just like everything else these days, I guess. And Wall Street 2, which was supposed to be released on April 23rd, now is being shoved back to September 24th. The film stars Michael Douglas and Shia LaBeouf. Let you know when that one gets going. Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, it looks like on May 25th, The Virginian comes to DVD with Season 1, and it will have some very special packaging. There will be an exclusive collectible embossed tin with 10 discs featuring over 39 hours of the show's first season. And it was, of course, with The Virginian, was a 90-minute show, and it starred James Drury, who we had as a guest on, on On Screen and Beyond, on episode 37 last year. And you can still hear that interview on our rerun page at onscreenandbeyond.com. Check it out. And on June 8th, look for MacGyver, the TV movies. It comes to DVD, and it stars Richard Dean Anderson. And on June 15th, check out Leave it to Beaver, season 3. And on June 29th, Leave it to Beaver, the complete series, arrives with 37 discs. And, of course, Tony Dow, who played Wally, and Ken Osmond, who played Eddie, were past guests on On Screen and Beyond. And you can check them out on episode 17 and number 27, respectively. That's about it for TV on DVD. Next, movies coming out on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies coming to DVD on the classic front. It looks on March 23rd, a commemorative box set of the classic film The African Queen with Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn comes to DVD and Blu-ray. Disney's The Princess and the Frog comes to DVD on March 16th, also on Blu-ray. And What About the Morgans, starring Hugh Grant and Sarah Jessica Parker, arrives this week 
March 16th on DVD and Blu-ray. Coming up next, it's speedy delivery time. That's right. It is David Newell who played Mr. McFeely on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today we have the pleasure of having a guest who has been a part of millions of children's lives since the 1960s on the PBS show Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He played Mr. Rogers' delivery man, Mr. McFeely. It's David Newell. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, David. Thank you, and speedy delivery, Brian. It, it is such a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, i got to tell you that uh-huh. um, our show takes requests from our listeners to uh-huh. uh, find guests, they, and we get hundreds of suggestions of people uh, that they would like to hear, and your name has come up more than once, and one gentleman sent in a, a, an email, and he was telling us that uh, he watched the show when he was a kid, uh-huh. and his kids watched the show, and you know he really wanted to hear you talk about uh, things that went on and uh, Fred and behind you know the behind the scene things and how things came about and uh, it's just such a pleasure you've you've been such a part of everybody's life. Well, you know I've enjoyed every minute of it too. You know when I started, the program went on public television. The first broadcast day was January ninth, no February nineteenth, nineteen sixty eight. And we, I started in 1967, the fall of 67, making the programs, and we had a backlog, and that's what they on. And I thought I had a job for one year. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I would be we, be moving on in a year later, because you never know, in television, you right. move on. But those programs were in black and white. We did 130 the first season. Wow. And then from that point on, we did 65 in color. But, you know, Fred Rogers was the real thing. He was authentic. There was no separation between actor and real person. He was not an actor. He saw himself as a communicator. And he had a mission, and that mission was to use television in the best way he knew how to, to give positive uh, messages to young children and, and, and families with young children. Mm-hmm. A, a wonderful man. Uh, I, I, he was authentic i guess that's the word <laughs> i want to use because he certainly was yeah well that's what i was wondering how you know what was he like off camera let's uh, you know just as you saw on camera uh, but on camera he 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 modulated it somewhat because he was talking to a preschool audience right. but off camera he his his speaking voice was just as slowly he would he would uh, be very measured in what he said and, and if you ask him a question he he would really think about what was said, but the one thing I about Fred, you go into his office to ask him a question about something that we're doing on the program or whatever, and he might be writing or reading or something, and he would put down what he was doing and give you his undivided attention. He would as if you were the only person in the world at that point, yeah. and that's what he did with children on television. And I think that was one of the the successes of the program. Children knew that this man, Mr. Rogers on television, respected them. I don't think they could articulate that, but he respected his audience, and that came through to those children. Hmm. And it still does. It's on public television on, on weekends now. Yeah. It's, and it's online, too. You can go to pbskids.org 
slash Rogers, I believe, and and you could watch uh, about uh, 30 programs. So wow. Your audience uh, might be interested in knowing that. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I wanted to ask you about uh, the things that are going on now. Of course, you're, you're keeping the legacy going. Right. Um, and on March 20th, it's Won't You Be My Neighbor Day. That's right. And I'd, could you give us a little info on that? Well, yes. Every year, we started about 10 years ago, uh, to do a, a sweater drive on Fred Rogers' birthday. We would, uh, people uh, and stations around the country, public stations, would, in their own communities, uh, collect sweaters and then in turn give those sweaters and clothing to charity. Ah, so I we've see. been carrying it on. And uh, recently we've been enlarging it to be, won't you be my neighbor day? We hope everybody wears a sweater. But beyond that, we wanted to stress volunteerism. We hope that uh, people would. Uh, wear a sweater, of course, but mm-hmm. then is there anything they can do in their neighborhoods to help people, you know, uh, go to a hospice or or help with uh, Habitat for Humanity or just simply go to your next-door neighbor if they need some help and then volunteer. Yeah. And uh, we hope that happens all around the country on that day, and not just that day, but that day, that's the kickoff day, and it happens all year round. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to take what Fred would have done. Fred was, a, a, he really cared about people and would really hope the program was a, 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 a model for, uh, for neighborliness. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's why the sweater drive, and that's why volunteering, and so I hope you're your listeners and viewers will uh, wear a sweater on March 20th and anytime they want to and, and volunteer. Mm-hmm. March 20th, that's the date. So, March 20th, that's, and that's Fred's real birthday. It's he real birthday, be, yes. He would be 82 this year. Um, and so it's so we're trying to carry on the legacy. And there's also, that your viewers and listeners may want to know, there's a Fred Rogers Center now in uh, Latrobe, Pennsylvania, on the campus of St. Vincent's College, and it's where the archives are, all of Fred's work and the digitized programs and the trolley, and it's also a teaching and a conference, and during that week, and the March 20th, there's going to be a conference about children and television and uh, children's needs, etc., and every year that'll happen, but in, in during the year, the Fred Rogers Center will have uh, a lot of conferences that we could learn more about children and what to do for them. That's what Fred really, he cared more about children than television. Mm-hmm. Television was the vehicle to get the message out about children. He was, that was his mission. Uh, and it, he, he, he for, for years on television, he started in 1954 with a program called The Children's Corner. And our last Mr. Rogers Neighborhood was 2001, I believe. So whatever the math is, right. he spent yeah. years uh, dedicating his life to children. That's amazing. Gee, to, to, to go that long. And, yeah. and, and I wanted to mention about uh, the format of the show basically stayed the same for the entire run yeah. of the show. Oh, it did. And that's it did. unusual. Oh, it's very unusual. And, and we made a slight subtle changes to it. Right, but, yeah. But not drastic. The basic format stayed the same. Mm-hmm. But, but and he also, and some of your uh, audience may not know that uh, he really separated fantasy and reality. They always say, "Well, why does he wear a sweater? Why does he put sneakers on?" Well, the sneakers and sweater they were symbols of play clothes. And he would meet his audience at his TV house. That's what he called his 
Heights television house and mm-hmm. talk about whatever the subject was. Now, let's pretend we're in the neighborhood of make-believe, but then he would come back to reality after the neighborhood of make-believe. Yeah. So it was really separating, because young children don't separate fantasy and reality. So right. Fred wanted to use television to help them with that. One, That's one aspect of the program. Yeah. There's many others. Oh, yeah. Now, um, your part in the show, uh, when you, now you were born in the, the Pennsylvania area, correct? Yes, yes, in the Pittsburgh area. And you always stayed there. Uh, did you think that that's what you were going to be doing you know, as you grew up? Yes and no. It's what I wanted to do. I stayed in Pittsburgh until I was in my early 20s, and then I moved to California and then to Hawaii. But then I came back to Pittsburgh, um, and then I went to London for the summer of 1967 to visit a cousin. And I got a telegram from a mutual friend of Fred Rogers and mine saying that the neighborhood is going to expand. It was a regional show up to that point. Mm-hmm. It's going to expand to the entire PBS network. And I, this is my mutual friend, made an appointment with Fred Rogers and told him about your work with children, because I was uh, in children's theater. And to make a long story short, I got the job. thought yeah. I had a job for one year. Fred hired me on the spot after about an hour uh, interview, and here I am. <laughs> it's been wonderful. You know, I would not trade this career. You know, I've had thoughts about, well, uh, you know, halfway through the run, should I move back to Los Angeles? I try my hand. You know, and I love what I was doing so much. Plus, I felt I was a very important cog in a wheel that brought very positive programs to oh, yes. children. Yeah. So I felt I, I feel like I'm very, I am a very important cog in that wheel. So. Yeah. I stayed, and, and I don't regret a moment of it. And if you love what you're doing, that's what counts. Yes, and actually, there's a Mormon Mormon saying or a Quaker saying, a Quaker saying, uh, that attitudes are caught, not taught. And that's what Fred does. If you love doing something in front of children, which Fred did on television, that audience catches your enthusiasm yeah. and learns from that. And I think I caught Fred's enthusiasm <laughs> for for doing something positive. Yeah. And he once, uh, during a speech that he made when he was inducted to the Television Hall of Fame, he did a very poignant speech, but he said within the speech, how do you make goodness attractive? You know, we can make badness attractive. We can make, you know, violent things attractive. Mm-hmm. They get an audience for for reasons that I can never understand. Right. At any rate, how do you make goodness attractive? Well, I think Fred did. Oh, yeah. He did. He used television for the good. He always called the, the space between the viewer at home and the television screen sort of hallowed ground, holy ground. That's a very important space. And what it's up to the producers, too, who of, of television to be responsible filling that space, and Fred certainly did. Yeah, and it was so much different. Uh, he, he was relaxing and calming yes. as opposed to what, you know, a lot of things you see on TV now, you know, it's, it Fred, gets the kids hyped up. Yes, and we hear all the time from people who would say, well, you know, there's other programs on, but when the time for Mr. Rogers came, it, was, it would settle our children down. Not, not, I guess not everybody would happen to every child, but yes, and also, you know, he's been I think the brunt of many television jokes and parodies, mm-hmm. and uh, 
when he would ask a question of his audience, he would say, "What well, do you? Here is a truck. You know, what what color do you think it is?" And and, and or whatever a question would be, yeah. and pause. And he gave that child a time to reflect on what was just saying, rather than moving on to another question or 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 not answering the question. Mm-hmm. He really broke it down for that preschooler. It's a preschool audience. Now we're not talking about twelve-year-olds. We're right. talking about preschoolers. He used television in a very, very different way. And, you know, I think that's why some people took them a while. It was an acquired taste for some people to get used to, because we're so used to filling up every moment on television with something. And Fred would take his time. He was uh, he was really was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and not only he used television, but he knew what content. He was a... Uh, he had a theology degree and a degree in child development and also a degree in music and all those disciplines he used on the neighborhood. Plus, he was a communicator, not an actor. He was a real person. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was really, uh, I think it was a milestone in, in children's television. Oh, yes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, behind the scenes in the early years of the show, uh-huh. uh, were there a lot of people involved in the production, or or did you end up wearing many hats? On I wore many hats. But we <laughs> didn't have a big staff. The first couple seasons, we had about eight people working on the program. Now, when we taped, of course, we would hire, uh, we would have the the crew of the television station, but that was not the nucleus that we had to plan the program. So we now have a staff on a company that we call the Fred Rogers Company um, of about 15 people. And we're working on some other projects that you don't see on television. They're non-broadcast mm-hmm. projects. And we're working on some ideas for another broadcast program, too, while the neighborhood's still going on. And I, as Mr. McFeely, still go out and meet uh, people at events, and I go to public television stations. In fact, mm-hmm. there's a, a documentary now, a documentary a film called Speedy Delivery Now. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yes, and, and if your audience wants to know more about it, they can go to Speedy Delivery Movie. I'll run together, dot com, speedydeliverymovie.com, mm-hmm. and it's my years with Fred. Yes. And they interviewed my wife, who and she, I met her here. Or she was a, a staff member early on. Oh, really? Yes, that's how we met. And uh, they interview Fred Rogers' wife, uh, Joanne Rogers, and some of the cast, and some of my co-workers, and they go to, uh, to appearances with me, and interview, and show me interacting with people. It's it's a it's a very sweet movie, very mm-hmm. gentle. It's, there's no drama to it. It's not Michael Moore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my years with Mr. Rogers' neighborhood yeah. and how much I. I love those years, so I hope your audience will search it out. I'm sure it'll bring back a lot of memories. Oh, I think it has. You know, I, I just recently was at a a college in Pennsylvania, uh, Juniata College, which is in central Pennsylvania, and we had a, an evening with Mr. McFeely, and it, 
was a sold-out house, they, a filled auditorium of college kids and professors. And the hmm. professors grew up with the program, too. Right. And we showed the speedy delivery. Then afterwards, I came out as Mr. McFeely and answered questions. And I was there at least as long as it takes to show the movie and <laughs> to do autographs afterwards and do pictures. And, the, and the, you know, it's remarkable the, 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 re, the comments I would get from these college kids who you think would just be putting their that behind them, but somehow this program has stayed with them. Oh, yeah. And, and it was really remarkable and just the, just different. I wish I had a microphone to record all the, all that I heard because uh-huh. it was wonderful. And now when I go out to, as you said earlier, I go out to uh, events and I'll meet, be meeting three generations. There'll mm-hmm. be the, the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter, or, yeah. you know, some combination thereof. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It must you know? be a, 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 a nice feeling for you to... to oh, it is. You know. Oh, it is. And it, it, it shows. You know, when you're in a television studio, you think you're doing the program for four walls. Right. And you don't get the immediate <laughs> feedback when you do when you're on the, at the stage or a live show. But, you know, that, that, that comes back when you go out. When I go out to a, a mall or a, somewhere, I really can't go anywhere. I'll get people coming up to me telling me stories and... You know, stories like, well, my little boy uh, saw the program that Mr. Rogers had when Yo-Yo Ma was on the, the, the cellist, mm-hmm. and now he is a, a, a cello player in a in an orchestra. Yeah. I mean, stories like that, uh, just in p- very poignant stories, and the letters that we've gotten over the years uh, saying how much the program meant to their family, and that's exactly what Fred wanted, wanted to happen. He wanted... To, to get good messages and making goodness attractive yeah, yeah. to those families. Yeah. Now, uh, your catchphrase, speedy uh-huh. delivery, uh-huh. W- was that an idea of a writer that you, you had to read, or was it something that worked into the, the well, show? Well, or? well, Fred wrote his own shows. I don't know if you knew that. He wrote all of the music and the lyrics, and he wrote every program, mm-hmm. almost every program. He had a few writers contribute, but he would over, he would give the final okay right, on the scripts. Yeah. Everything that you hear on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, all the many programs he has written. So the first program, I was making a delivery, and as I left, Fred wanted me to be in a hurry all the time because he used it sometimes to show children that it's good to be able to take your time. He used it as a as a lesson. Mm-hmm. But I said, well, I have to go. I have to go. I have a more de- oh, so many deliveries today, Mr. Rogers. I've got well, I've got some spe- speedy delivery to you, or something like that, and it stuck. It stuck, yeah, yeah. All these years, <laughs> and, 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 and my my company, people think that I'm a mailman. They call me the mailman. I'm both. Right. I'm really a delivery man in the neighborhood. Of, in the neighborhood, but right. I deliver the mail and deliveries. But I'm more of a delivery man. I have my own little. One man company. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I I go between the neighborhood of make believe and reality and into fantasy. But it's been such a rewarding career, uh, and and to see some of the stories and hear the stories, you know you 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 know you're not going to cure the world's ills with one program, but, no, but you know we did what we could. You've to. touched the lives of many people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and and oh, it's so rewarding. Is, oh. Every time I go out, uh, they'll say, "Oh, you know, wish we could thank Mr. Rogers, but thank you for what your your program has meant to our family." Oh yeah. Now, and, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. You go ahead. You go uh, ahead. I was wondering, is, is there any story behind the name Mr. McFeely? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. 
the first for 24 years the Sears Roebuck Foundation underwrote the program in part so since Fred wrote his own material the first week of programs had the delivery man his name was Mr. McCurdy mm-hmm. that was the name of the delivery man the part that I'm playing uh-huh. and uh, about 20 minutes before we were taping the very first program the phone rang and it was the Sears Roebuck Foundation they said we've read your your first week of scripts, and we like them. However, there's one thing. Don't call the delivery man Mr. McCurdy because that was the name of the man who was in charge of the foundation and gave us the money, and they thought it was a little too self-serving. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want that. It was a little too close for them. They were uncomfortable with that. So Fred said, well, well, okay, we'll we'll change the name. Uh, So he he hung up on the phone and said, we have to get you a name. Let's see. We start taping in 20 McFeely. His middle name is McFeely, Fred McFeely Rogers oh. McCurdy. That's how it came to be. So you're Mr. McFeely, <laughs> and that's how it became to be. But in that first week of scripts that I had, uh, the Fred wrote for the first week of taping, McCurdy was there as the delivery man. Yeah, but, but none of those got out? None of those got out. No, no, no. No, they didn't, they didn't, we, we, no. we just exited out, and yep. it was McFeely. So that's the name. It's a family name. It's Fred's mother's name oh well that's her, nice. her maiden yeah. name fred mcfeely rogers huh. and, and now fred has a grandson that was born uh, i think three days or a week after fred's death uh-huh. and his name is ian mcfeely rogers hmm. so it gets all the names yeah jeez <laughs> so it's been such a, a, a wonderful ride in the neighborhood. I yeah. wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, I, w- I want to finish things up here for you. I know you. I appreciate you taking this time, uh, but uh, I want to take a step away from um, uh, Mr. McFeely and okay. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and just ask you, um, with television today, uh, of all times, other than Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, uh-huh. uh, what are your favorite programs you mean adult or children's uh, programs? yeah adult you know what you watch what do you watch what is what are your favorite shows you know i have a oh so many uh there's an excellent program it's uh, there's some edgy programs that i really like mm-hmm. i get a big kick out of damages mm-hmm, yeah and i get a big kick out of breaking bad it's very hard to take but i i there's something in the program that appeals to me I don't know if you've ever seen that program or not. Which one? The Damages? Breaking Bad. Oh, Breaking Bad. No, I haven't seen that. It's very interesting. It's got a very edgy um, uh, plot to it, but it's on uh, AMC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like uh, uh, public television, naturally, but yeah. I, li- I like public television. Be- one of my favorite, favorite, favorite programs is the Masterpiece Theater uh series. Mm-hmm. I love this series. You know, public television, and if I'd feel this way if I weren't in public television, because I like the quality. I like Ken Burns's work, all of the uh, documentary he does about various, uh, uh, his various baseball and Civil War, etc. Are, are, if you compare those documentaries with any others, it's the quality that he puts into that, and that's public television for you. And that, and I do watch public television a lot. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Washington Week in Review. That's why I, that's where I get my news. I, I really like that. Now, you know, this may sound that like I'm giving a plug, but I would say this even if I weren't working in public television. I like that. That's 
I would say overall, public television is my favorite. I would I would not have a cable service without having public television on it. But then I cherry pick. I liked I I, I like to to watch uh, uh, these series series like Damages. But I like also uh, the Sunday morning uh, CBS Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I like uh, I like the Boston Legal. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was a good show. And, and uh, oh boy, there's a lot that I watch, um, and I, I, oh, I like, and I skip around to the cable too. There's, the, I like the Sundance Channel, picking through that, just cherry mm-hmm. picking through Sundance, yeah. picking through ICF, is that right? The Independent Channel. Uh, they, oh, the other thing that I like on public television, one of my favorites, is the. Uh, they have American masters. They sometimes will pick, uh, you know, like Ella Fitzgerald. They, mm-hmm. they, they, yeah. they, the next day they may pick a director or they may pick uh, a Fellini or something. Not the one that wouldn't be Fellini because he's not American, but that's the idea. But there's one called Independent Lens and on public television. Yep. that They'll take a – it'll be a different documentary every week, and I love that. It's, uh, I love documentaries, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm jumping around here. But for children's programs – I think uh, I, I, Sesame is, a, is, is right. one of oh, my yeah. favorites. <laughs> yeah. And there's one on now called Super Y that I like uh, on public television children's programming. Oh, George, uh, uh, George, uh, you know, the the monkey. Uh, uh, super, uh, uh, Curious George. Yes, Curious George. <laughs> my granddaughter is three years old, and she loves Curious George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but if you put your child in front of any public television program you don't have to worry public right. children's television program yeah, yeah. their front lines very good i don't know if you ever watch front mm-hmm. line on yeah. public television mm-hmm. i i do like 60 minutes too mm-hmm. i'm a television fan I, I like television but my uh, and i love film well that's I, that was my next question if you had to pick two favorite movies oh boy what would be your two favorite movies well my favorite you've never heard of it but I think one of the funniest persons I've ever seen on the screen was W.C. Fields. Yes, yeah. And he has a movie called It's a Gift, and it's a riot, I think. It appeals to my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's so hard to describe. It's, you know, he is such a character. Oh, yeah. And a genius, I think. And I've read two of his biographies, or two yeah, biographies on him, and he was quite a character. But, and the other one that I everybody says it I wish I didn't have to say it but Citizen Kane I can watch that anytime mm-hmm, yeah. and I can watch The Magnificent Ambersons which I love too and then to be frivolous I love the the, the musicals some of the old musicals that uh, 20th Century Fox and MGM produce you know the American of Paris and I can oh, watch yeah. any musical I'm a musical fan too yeah. so I've got a lot of interest the one genre I guess I don't I don't like Overly uh, violent movies. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a purpose uh, for some of it. The uh, Clockwork Orange, I guess, had a reason, but there are some gratuitous. The Freddy films, I have a hard time with. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't like that, but I, I. It's not my cup of tea. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm taking it from a perspective of. Of, oh, should a child see this by mistake? They'd be terrified. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Can I tell you one more thing about a movie that I love? Sure. Uh, Wizard of Oz. That's, yeah, be- a classic. Be- because we had, 
a lot of stories from adults who would say, you know, when I was little and I'm still afraid of the witch and the flying monkey scared me. Yep, oh, yes. <laughs> and so I said, Fred, why don't we do this? Why don't we invite Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch of the West, the actress's name, to be on the program and let her demystify the scary part of that witch? You know, children should know that she's pretending, and it's not really a witch that that's, that's bad. It's mm-hmm. her character. So she came on the program, Margaret Hamilton, yeah. in her street clothes and carrying the witch's costume and tried on the hat and did the cackle and said, you know, I'm an actress and that's my job and sometimes I pretend that I'm a a bad person and I have different uh, roles that I play. And we got a lot of letters from people saying that really helped uh, explain something to our children because not only were they afraid of the witch on Wizard of Oz, but they were afraid of the costume characters in Halloween. And oh, they, yeah, yeah. They were able to understand. That's what Fred did. He tried to take something that's potentially scary for young children and interpret it for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'm rattling on here, but I have a lot of likes in, in, in movies. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I collect movies. Oh, one more. Mm-hmm. Laurel and Hardy. Anything by Laurel and Hardy. Yes. <laughs> I get a big kick out of Laurel and Hardy. And one time I met... At um, Good Morning America, Fred was on Good Morning America. My other hat is that I was in charge of all the PR, so I was with Fred. And I met Stan Laurel's daughter. And I said, oh, I idolized your father. I Stan Laurel was the, just, I idolized him. And, and uh, she gave me her address, and I sent her uh, some records for her grandchildren, Stan Laurel's grandchildren, her children. And about three weeks went by, and I got this letter in the mail, and it had uh, a thank you letter, and in it was a canceled check, 1928, to the Hollywood Laundry, and it was Stan Laurel signed it. Wow. (laughs) She had kept, uh, I guess, her father's canceled checks, but it was in the late 20s, and I framed it, and I have that Stan Laurel check for $28 to the Hollywood Laundry. (laughs) (laughs) But I treasure that. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I've met so many wonderful people and people who I would never meet had I not been associated with the neighborhood. You yeah. Know, Yo-Yo Ma, who was one of the nicest person you ever want to meet and such a genius. And we and we were able to to offer that to children. You know, we had, uh, on the other hand, we had Marcel Marceau on. We had Tony Bennett on one time. We had Julia Child on. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> they all were bringing what they shared yeah. Or new to the kids. And then we would have people who were just people who were telephone repairmen or uh, somebody who does, uh, washes cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, that was an important walk of life, too. That's right. That's part of life. Yeah, it is part of life. We want children to know that there's a, 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 a smorgasbord out there. Yeah. And, oh, you yeah. know, and that was Fred's. That was Fred's. Uh, and he did it very well. That was Fred's mission, I guess I would say. Well, it, it, it's so, nice that you're continuing on uh, carrying his legacy. And, well, um, I hope I haven't rattled on too much here. I'm no, no, it's fascinating. I, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah. I, one thing I wanted to say, Dave, is that uh, I know Fred Rogers always said thank you uh-huh. were two of the most important words in the English language. And uh-huh. I want to thank you so much for taking time with us and for all that you've done over the years, the enjoyment you've given everybody. Well, and, and in turn, I've had as much enjoyment by being able to do that. <laughs> you know, so I guess it's mutual. <laughs> and, 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 and the other word that Fred would say, the important, one of the most important, one word that's the most is listen. 
you know, when children ask a question, he would put he said, put down your paper, turn the radio off, put down your book, and just listen to what that child is saying. Mm-hmm. I think if any advice I can give anybody about working with children is just listen to what they're saying. It's so important. Well, Anyhow, it's. I hope I haven't rattled on too much, and I hope one more thing before we go that I hope your audience find speedydeliverymovie.com and they'll tell you more about what I was just talking about. There's so much in that movie that uh, I, I relayed to, to, to the audience about my feelings about Fred and my years with the program, etc. Oh, yeah, it'd be an interesting so, movie to see, that's for sure. So it's been on a lot of public stations, but people can get a, a taste of it by going to that Mm-hmm. Website. They can order it then too if they want yeah. to. The DVD is out. Yeah, yeah. So and don't forget to wear a sweater on March twentieth. March twentieth, yes. <laughs> well, and tell your friends. Anybody hearing this, please call your friends to wear a sweater, and write to your the paper. Tell anybody you can uh, have a sweater drive in your community. And if anybody wants to ever communicate with us, you can give them my email. You have it, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. And you're welcome to do that. In fact, we'll put a link on our site that will take them to uh, your website. Oh, fine. That's great. That's and great. So people can... There's two websites. It's ours, fci.org. Yes. Yeah. And then there's the PBS website, too. Yeah. Well, I'll put a, I'll put a link for both of them so Please people do. can go uh, to it. And, and if anybody ever wants to write to me, they can uh, you can give my email or they can write to the uh, – they can go onto the website and find uh, how to get to us. Yeah. We're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So that's where we are, and I hope I'm here for another 40 years. Yeah, well, thank you very much, David, for taking the time. Well, thank you very much. And before I go, I'm going to say speedy delivery. What a great guest, David Newell, Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, he said so many stories. As a kid, you probably watched Mr. Rogers and enjoyed it. And you remember Mr. McFeely, who was the delivery man? That was him, David Newell. Great guest. Um, David and I were talking off mic here, and uh, David says that uh, he has a lot more stories he can tell us. Uh, and it's, it's some of the things he was telling me I think you'd really be interested in. Um, and uh, he's got so much more that he, he's agreed to come back and do another show in the future. So we'll... Uh, Keep that in mind, and it'll be coming up in uh, the future, and we'll see what we can do. All right, so I want to remind you, he was a suggestion from some people who sent his name in. And if you have a suggestion, send it to us, because we do try to get people on the show that you like. And David Newell's one of them. So send it to feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll see if we can get your people uh, that you'd like to hear on the show. And hope you enjoy all the ones we do have, of course, but... uh, Try uh, to get somebody that you specifically like. So, till next week, our guest who takes us into the world of ABC's Lost, be sure to join us. Thanks for listening. Till next time, Brian Zimmerich saying, take care. (laughs) 